Hello, everybody. Hey, y'all. I know it's been a minute since we've been in the stoop, uh, but we back. <laughs> in the stoop. <laughs> I love but it. We are back. Yes. Okay. And y'all, I'm just a little bit high. <laughs> <laughs> yes, full disclosure. Our amazing engineer, um, yes. Mackenzie. She came in the clutch. I mean, sharing a wonderful vape. And I'm terrible with vapes, too. I usually, I mean, I was coughing up a storm, to full disclosure. So we are very happy. We are blessed. We are yeah. filled with gratitude mm-hmm. and wonderful cannabis products that, um, thank God, um, in the state of California, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In California, I'm sorry. I'm this so so sorry. Your feelings right now. You know, talk to your Congress people to right. get it together. <laughs> Ooh, let them know. <laughs> let them know. <laughs> All but, right. Yeah, but it's Tinseltown Town Tea, y'all. Yeah. Welcome to another episode. Another episode. Episode, episode 90. ninety. Wow. Ten away from a hundred. That's Jeez. crazy. That means we've been doing this for almost a little minute. We've been doing it. I'm doing the thing, okay? Yeah, Staying it. consistent, giving you all the tea of the tinsel town. That's right. And yeah, it's only going to continue. So truly, truly, thank y'all for rocking with us. Yeah. Okay, so we're yes. going to start off as usual with our Would You Rather. That's right. So I'm doing it this week, so it's not going to be super creative. Sorry. Because uh, we know that Judith is the creative one. These are wonderful. Corey comes up, up with wonderful Would You Rather. This one's not, it's, it's not, don't expect anything <laughs> super crazy, okay? It's don't very simple. It's very much a writing <laughs> Would You Rather. Mm-hmm. Would you rather only write features mm. or TV shows? And you'll never be able to write. You can't mix. You know how oh, a lot of writers, yeah. they, they have the experience doing movies and TV, yeah. but you have to stick to one. And yeah. that's all you can ever write. Oof. That's actually a really good one. Because now we're seeing like some TV shows who want to close out some like storylines. They go to movies, right? Mm-hmm. Or even if there's like an amazing movie, they take it to series, right? And we see that mm-hmm. a lot with the like reboot. So this is super relevant. Um, for me, I if I wanted to write only, I would say TV shows because mm-hmm. you get different, like each episode is a chunk of writing. And so if I'm on an hour uh, drama or half hour comedy or dramedy. I know it's 30 pages. I know it's 45 mm-hmm. pages. Shout out to the uh, feature writers. Those are like 100 to 120 pages. Yeah. So I, I love <laughs> y'all and your tenacity and that three act structure. But, um, and not to say that you don't have that in um, TV, but I would rather do TV and you get to uh, hopefully with the series, given how many times you're renewed, mm-hmm. you get to stay with the characters longer and see them yep. grow and kind of put them in different scenarios. Whereas depending on the movie franchise, if you have a really good one, you could, you know, put your characters in different scenarios, but it's not yep. really guaranteed. So I prefer if, if I were going to stay would be TV shows and also, amen to residuals, okay? Ooh, yeah. If, that, if, if it goes to syndication, I know what else I want right. that check. Shout out. Like, if I, I can't even imagine if I were ever like a writer on the Golden Girls, I feel like they still get like, it might be dwindling, but that 16 cent check still coming in the mail. Like, give Child it to me. Believe. <laughs> give it to believe. me. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for that, I would do, I would stick, if I can't you know maneuver i would do tv okay yeah how about you that is a good one Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, I'll probably do TV too. Even yeah. though writing features, it is kind of fun, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. I feel like if that's all I could do, I would stick with the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just feels like, you know, you can split it up. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like you said, 30 pages versus 100 something. <laughs> <laughs> Which is asking for too much. Okay. Okay. But it's it can be fun though. That's it can true. Be fun, but yeah. also, yeah, I feel like there's more room with TV to do stuff. Yeah. Because with movies, it has to like wrap up unless you make a sequel. Mm-hmm. And sequels always suck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm thinking too much into it now. But, but anyways, yeah, yeah. That's that was what, would you rather. That's what good would you rather questions do. They make you think about it. Mm, Thought provoking. See, so Corey's wonderful. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. So y'all think about that too. If y'all, you know, if you, when you guys get to that space, Amen. Where, you know, Amen. Um, what would you rather do if you only had the choice? Yeah, and that let that kind of guide you too when you start writing and trying to figure out should I. Should I do movies? Should I do TV? In right. terms of your samples, ask yourself this question. If I could only do one or the other forever, which one do I choose? And that'll help you decide what you may like more. Yep. No. That's Same big here. facts. That's big facts. So not only with the would you rather, but dropping gems on, on y'all uh, with <laughs> that. Um, and that goes perfectly in our next segment, which is No Better Do Better, which I have this week. And um, and if you don't know, uh, No Better Do Better is where we just kind of share what we've learned either throughout the week or, you know, if we heard something inspirational or whatever to mm-hmm. kind of like you know, help us, you know, do better in our writing and storytelling and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like I've reiterated this several times, but yeah, <laughs> my no better do better is set reasonable goals and deadlines. Um, mm. I know this speaks to me because I, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to write this in two days. Like, I'm not going to write that in two days. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. Not because I can't, but because, you know, depending on where we are, where we work, <laughs> you know, what mm-hmm. we're doing. Um, but do set them, right? Just make sure that they're reasonable to how you work, what you're mm-hmm. doing in your life and how you're managing your time um, and what you want. You know what I mean? So like there's contests coming up, you know, in the beginning of the year, there's fellowships that have deadlines that are coming up. So if you mm-hmm. have those in mind and you know your schedule and you know how to, I know I have to force myself um, for me uh, for setting reasonable goals and deadlines. I, I take classes, uh, check out UCB, some of the classes that they have yes. there, yes. some of the online classes. We had um, Tim Orange on who does his classes as well. Mm-hmm. So check his stuff out. He's amazing. And those are great ways to keep yourself accountable set up a deadline that might be reasonable and you're learning along the way Mm -hmm. so for me that is a way to set up reasonable goals and deadlines and also because i'd be paying for them i'd be like girl you can't let that money go to waste now you can't just you can't just be willy-nilly you know so those are the things that help me but set reasonable goals and deadlines you know different writers are at different seasons in their life different writers have different responsibilities in their Mm -hmm. life shout out to the parents yeah (laughs) people got kids Woo, and they still doing the damn thing thing so whatever you got to do to adjust for yourself to make it reasonable but still set them to help you like you know move forward in the journey so now we're gonna move right into our news segment which is you know 
black folks, what black folks got going on sometimes some brown folks, but okay. we love black folks here. We love, mm-hmm. you know, we love our peeps. So yes. we got to show them some love because we know the industry don't. Okay. So, uh, yeah, all of our news comes from Shadow and Act. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, they do all the news stories Mm -hmm. about black entertainers and creatives in the industry. So if you want to keep up with your faves, you'll find out what's going on through Shadow and Act for sure. For sure. sure. Mm -hmm. So the first one is about my absolute fave, Courtney B. Vance. He had a post Emmy win interview Mm -hmm. and he said in that interview, he did not understand why Lovecraft Country was not getting a season two. I mean, I don't. Nobody understands. I don't hear a lie. Don't that nobody statement. know. Okay, I don't we hear don't know. A lie. I think what he was speaking was the truth. Yeah. Truly, was the absolute truth. So, if you guys don't know, he won the Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actor, Woo! which well deserved. Well okay, deserved. I think in our predictions, we one of us may have said yeah. that he was gonna get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one of us may have said he was gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Either way. So excited for him. Absolutely. He killed that. And I was so pissed that he died. So, yeah. you know. Michael K. Williams. Uh, Courtney Vance. In the, oh, in, in the, the movie. Show. Yes. Yes. In the show, I was Forgive so pissed me. that he died. And yep. I was like, what? I like, think I missed that the only, next episode. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Just because I was so mad at that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was, was like, only in there for one episode. Hence why he got nominated for guest actor. But hey, mm-hmm. that one episode paid off. Truly. And he deserved it. Yeah. So, but. I would have enjoyed it if he was a supporting actor instead of a guest. Come on. But uh, now we don't get a fucking season two. (laughs) That part. Uh, So aggravating. Just the whole thing. So good. So um, he might have came back on flashbacks, but you're right. It wasn't like he came back consistently at all. Yeah. Like it was very much in a guest capacity, which was so crazy. Maybe they had a reasoning for that. We do not know yeah um but just to kind of talk about the quote that he said which he mentioned his co-star michael k williams as well yeah he said i'm very very happy and at the same time i'm very sad because of michael and because we're not still doing the show mm-hmm. um and this was originally reported by deadline he said in my mind and in my spirit mm-hmm. doesn't make sense yeah i'm sad for audiences that we don't get to see like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, mm. we don't get to see seven years, eight years of following these characters and learning more about that time period right. and learning about our people and their struggles mm. Mm. and where Misha's mind is going to go. So that's yeah. very painful for me as an actor. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to the fans. Yeah. And that's all who matter. Yeah. I know that's right. He said, we set everyone up and then we don't deliver for whatever reason. Yeah. Tired of it. They can find a way to make a Game of Thrones, but not a Lovecraft Country. Ooh, we went off. We went off. Ooh. You went off on them. Okay. Um, and that's a fair point. That is a great point. I didn't even think, I didn't even like Game of Thrones. I knew <laughs> y'all loved it. Did not like it. <laughs> But he's so right. Like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones got 100,000 seasons. Mm-hmm. Why this amazing ass show can't yeah. even get past one? It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I wonder what the viewership was. But I thought, I mean. The viewership was. was it was, had to be high, high because, because we were. Everybody watched that thing. I remember. Yeah. I was like. It, it had to be. Because. I didn't know anybody who didn't watch it. That part. <laughs> I was like. 
Um, so that's so interesting. It doesn't make any sense. No. Um, and then he said a little quote about Michael K. Williams. He said, Michael did everything with his full heart open, yeah. with his infinite spirit, and with yes. way too much style. Yes. 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 Um, he said, may he rest in power and mm-hmm. let us all honor his immense legacy by being a little more a um, little more love forward, a little more endless in thought, and a little more swaggy in act. Ooh, Courtney, wow, poet. Woo, bars. How are you a poet in your <laughs> Come fucking on. interview? Like Courtney. Come on. Ugh, I stand. Truly. Like what the? Who even thinks to say something like that off the top of their head? Well deserved. God, dang. So crazy, y'all. Mm-hmm. We're gonna move into the next article. It is about Miss. Maya Rudolph. That's some right. Some of y'all may know. She made history Sunday during the Creative Emmys, becoming the third black woman to win back-to-back Emmys. Hey. She's Come on. also become the first person at all. Man, mm. woman, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, first person in 20 years to win in twice Okay, to win in twice consecutively in the same category two times over. Oh, wow. So she must have won it last time in the same category. Yes. I'm assuming is what that's. Yeah. That sentence sentence. was very tough. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. Maybe y'all can rewind it and then. (laughs) Go ahead and flip it and reverse it. Yeah, flip it and reverse it. Put the thing back. Yeah. Like Missy said. Um, and figure out that sentence because yes. I need a second to process what the heck that was trying to say. <laughs> but basically, yeah, first mm-hmm. person 20 has to do something. Okay. Okay. Something. History making. All right. Um, so. Good for yeah, her. Yeah, her second consecutive creative Emmy as the voice actor. She got it for uh, Netflix's Big Mouth. Love that show. And she also won for the second year in a row in the comedy guest actress category for her work on saturday night live the kamala harris um probably yeah for the kamala harris uh skills and she said that she felt amazing after she was informed of the history her wins made that night awesome said i feel honored to be part of something like that i feel like this emmy is very fitting and that is for something that feels like such a personal achievement it's for hosting my childhood love and dream and at a place in my life i finally realize it's what i do best and what makes me happiest when i perform i feel really honored that i'm part of the legacy as a third woman of color to achieve that that's amazing so she now joins fellow actors uzo aduba and regina king who won um emmys as well so she's the third after them uzo won twice for her work on orange is new black and regina won twice for her role in american crime come on love it love it so other emmy stats include the 2020 primetime and creative emmys featuring the most wins awarded to black actors Mm. Uh, seven actors were awarded in the main categories, topping 2016's record of six black actors winning. Nice. So the illustrious list of these folks who won. Come on. Okay. Who made history. Let's go. Okay. Zendaya, mm-hmm. uh, Regina, mm-hmm. Yaya, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uzo, mm-hmm. Maya, Eddie Murphy, and Ron Cephas Jones. Okay. Come on, Ron Cephas. Yeah, come on, Mr. Jones. Yeah, yes, we love to see that. Yes, so, that's shout amazing. out to all them. Um, I think it airs or it may have already aired. Either mm-hmm. way, those bleffles that one, y'all. So, oh, please, I got, yes. I'm letting y'all know. Mm-hmm. All right, so mm-hmm. moving on to the next one, Mr. Keegan Michael Key. 
<laughs> I don't know why I say his name like that. Uh, now I'm stuck in the voice. Oh gosh. I Get love it. it. Okay. Nope, not not done yet. Okay. <laughs> Am I done? Nope, not done. I'm just gonna read this in that Bless accent your heart. now. Yes. So he's been tapped to star alongside Timothy. I never know how to say this child last name. Charlamette. Charlamette. Charlamette mm-hmm. in Warner Bros. Wonka. Ooh. And Variety reported that. Okay. Now I'm switching. What accent is this now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we're going to go back to the country. So it. the prequel of sorts will be a musical. Oh, God. Ooh. Y'all know how I feel about musicals. <laughs> Focusing <laughs> on the earlier years of Ronald Dahl's famous mysterious chocolatier. With Chalamet in the leading role. So Chalamet Timothy huh. is playing the young Wonka. Okay. Um, Keegan, on the other hand, will play a character simply described as the police officer. Okay. Okay. Um, even though the film is supposed to establish how Wonka became the first or became the person that we see in Charlotte and the Chocolate Factory. There's no word on how Key's police officer character figures into the story. Yeah, because I'm not seeing it. I'm and not. is he like a back, like he's just a background, the police officer yeah. character type stuff? I don't know. Interesting. Um, okay, but we're going to talk about his latest project. That's right. It's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. It's also a musical TV series. Mm-hmm. I guess he's into the musicals yeah. now. I think he was also in Prom too, which oh was on Netflix, gosh. which was also a musical. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So this mm-hmm. Apple TV one is called Shigma Dune. Um, co stars Cicely Strong and Fred Armisen. So mm-hmm. check that out if Both you like from Mr. SNL. Both SNL. Oh, uh, yeah. SNL folks. So mm-hmm. if you like Mr. Keegan Michael Key, watch that. Mm-hmm. He also has several. Oh, film and TV projects lined up, including voicing Honest John and Robert Zemeckis's uh, Pinocchio reboot for Disney. Okay. 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 Dope. And he's also voicing a demonic character oh. in Wendell and Wild. Why gotta be demonic? Um, co-written by Jordan Peele, though, and co-starring Jordan Peele. Okay, they coming back. back So they're back in the fold together. Okay, but this time they're doing a horror. It sounds like if he's playing a demonic character. Yeah, if he's playing demonic. (laughs) Um, All right. And if it's written by Jordan Peele, we know it's gonna be scary. We know that's his specialty. He loves the scary stuff. Yeah, comedy and 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 scary. Scary. He loves scaring us, folks. You should be scaring the hell out of me. Okay, big fact for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are his other projects. But if you want to see him in this Wonka, even though we don't know he's just gonna be the police officer, yeah. um, it comes out <laughs> in 2023. Okay, we got time. So you got time um, to develop and figure out what <laughs> what the police officer is because mm-hmm. we don't we don't know. Mm-mm. All right, so next. Topic yes. next story. I guess I'm just gonna do this until the end of the news. Let's go. Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the drama reboot <laughs> on the Peacock, mm-hmm. the cock of the pea. <laughs> 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 so nasty. Um, so they add eight folks to the main cast. Hey, that's a lot. That's a awesome. lot of folks. Okay, so the, the main cast is filled out now. Mm-hmm. Everybody is casted. Yep, I see um, number melon in here. Yep, I, we see number melon. So shout out act if you want to look at this article. It has a beautiful little like mm-hmm. spread showing all the people yes. and their headshots. Yes. 
So if you want to see, uh, we see a beautiful range of skin tones here. Yes. Love to see that. Yes. That's literally what I look for when I'm looking at a cast. Okay of black folks i need to see all uh skin colors okay we're not all just gonna have we're all not just gonna have all light skin we need all the colors yes so this is a beautiful spread to mm -hmm. me um because stuff like that actually matters y'all a lot of people don't even understand how much that stuff matters representation matters so it's always good to make sure that we are representing everybody exactly um so yeah shadow and act got the scoop on this and mm -hmm. they confirmed that the series has added Adrian Holmes as Philip Banks. Okay. Um. So he was in, and he is yes, the final Philip Banks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he was in At the Age and V Wars. Okay. We have Cassandra Freeman as Vivian Banks. Hey. She was in The Enemy Within and Atlanta. Well, come on. We have Oli or Ollie Charlatan mm -hmm. as Carlton Banks. Okay. And he was in Run, Hide, Fight, and Evolution of Nate Gibson. Okay. We have Coco Jones as Hillary Banks. Come on. And she was in Let It Shine and Vampires vs. The Bronx, which nice. is so cute. Coco Jones. A, a bougie name to be playing Hillary, Hillary Banks. Like, yeah. perfect. Like, so I was like, yes. Can we just name her Coco Jones? Okay, what a name. That's or can she be name. Coco Banks? Come on. For me. Come on, Coco Banks. I like that. Yeah. Um, and we have Akira Akbar as Ashley Banks. All she right. was in We Can Be Heroes, which was on Netflix, I believe, and mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. Okay. We have Jimmy Akingbola as Jeffrey. Ah! Who it. was in The Most Dangerous Game and In the Long Run. Yeah. And we have Jordan L. Jones as Jazz. He was in Rail and Snowfall. Nice. And then Simone Joy Jones as Lisa. Oh, okay. that was Nia Long's character. Yeah, yeah. His uh, brief fiance yeah. in the comedy. Ooh. She was in The Chair and What If. Everybody's been working. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So it is coming from, so if you guys don't know the series, it's titled Bel Air. It's mm -hmm. not going to be called The Fresh Prince because mm -hmm. it's a drama and The Fresh Prince seems too comedy to me. Yeah. So it's just titled Bel Air. Yep. And it is out of uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's Westbrook Studios For and sure. Universal Television. And it's based on the viral concept trailer from Morgan Cooper that he so put out dope. in 2019, which absolutely catapulted his career. I'm mean, not like he wasn't doing stuff before, but, but it yeah. it brought him to Before's everyone's right. eyes. I, I remember seeing that and it was so yeah. dope. I was like, yeah, let's make this. Yeah. What the so hell? So that is how you, that's another way to pop off in the industry, guys. Surely. You make a concept trailer that's dope as hell you put it out there for the world to see yep if it's good it's gonna circulate mm -hmm. and it's gonna do what it needs to do yeah so. it happened for dear white people too Ooh, yep mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. so a lot of people have gotten their uh, foot in the door doing stuff like that for sure um yeah so if you have like a, a cool pilot that you wrote and you want to get it out there make a little short 10 condense it in 10 minutes yeah Condense the 30 minute episode in 10 minutes, and then there you go. Boom. Mm -hmm. Film it, find a way to film it, put it on the internet. There you go. Yep. And that's giving people a taste of what you can do. Right. And I'm telling y'all, a lot of people have uh, got careers yep. doing stuff like that. 100%. So there's so many ways to get into the industry. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, so Peacock won the bidding war for the series mm -hmm. after Will Smith himself contacted Mr. Morgan Cooper and wanted to develop the project. Amazing. So it's already has a two season order. Wow. Okay. Come on out the gate. Peacock. 
else i just want to tell you all the stuff about it because mm-hmm. we all need to watch this y'all better watch this so the official description is set in modern day america it's a serialized one hour dramatic analog of the 90s sitcom the fresh prince of bel-air mm-hmm. and it leans into the original premise so the original premise was will's complicated journey from the streets of west philadelphia to the gated mansions of bel-air with the reimagined vision bel-air will dive deeper into the inherent conflicts Mm. emotions and biases Mm. that were impossible to fully explore in a 30 minute sitcom format while still delivering swagger and nods to the original show Ooh, now that's a description i love that also i would love for them to remix the opening like the opening credit song yeah if they made it more like i don't know how they do it make it, it but, more dramatic and ooh, serious like make it all moody and stuff. oh yeah make it all moody ooh, ooh. Screw that. <laughs> i'm like go ahead like yes yeah. y'all heard it here folks okay so if you if you, if you see that they had remixed the theme song they got it from us okay okay <laughs> we're the first person to come up with that okay Period. like i don't even know word. if we are but hey okay we gonna believe that we're the reason that, okay that happened <laughs> um so the co-showrunners are tj brady and rashid newson mm-hmm. morgan cooper himself who is the young man who put out the concept trailer mm-hmm. in 2019 he's directing and he's the co-writer and the executive producer amen that's so dope hey come on that is so dope so mm-hmm. yeah the executive producers are will smith terrence Ooh. carter james lassiter miguel melendez malcolm spellman quincy jones the quincy jones if y'all don't know who that um, is benny medina and Ooh. andy and susan boris these and are I, big names yeah i believe yeah. benny and andy and susan were the part of the original the original i think you're right mm-hmm um because i just remember those names it's filming in la and philly it's produced by universal television and westbrook studios like i said which is jada and will's media company i'm excited so yeah super excited it sounds absolutely amazing and i've been waiting for this since i saw the concept trailer it's so dope i think there was a no never mind that's something else completely mm. different y'all okay. <laughs> no, i was okay. about to go somewhere else all right <laughs> so last news story is called black as night mm-hmm. it is a trailer that came out for the amazon blumhouse uh horror film so if y'all don't know uh blumhouse and amazon entered into a partnership yep. so you've probably been seeing a lot of blumhouse scary movies yep. that are amazon originals popping up mm-hmm. over the last I think two years yeah, i've yeah. been seeing hella i've watched a few of them because mm-hmm. they've been churning them things yeah, out they really, yeah they're not they've been churning things the out they're not playing um so we have one with a black female i think she's the lead mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh my god yeah so we have one with a black female lead i yeah. think they've had other other ones with black female leads but yeah we're still gonna highlight all of them hello mm-hmm. So it's um, going to be released next month, mm-hmm. obviously, for Halloween. Smart. It's called Black is Night, and it stars all Americans. Think how to say her name is Aja Cooper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's on Aja, or she's on All American. Mm-hmm. And the official description is 15 years after Hurricane Katrina 
ravished New Orleans. A new threat leaves its mark on the biz easy in the form of puncture wounds on the throats of the city's vulnerable displaced population. So when her drug addicted mom becomes the latest victim of the undead, 15 year old Shauna played by Cooper vows to even the skull. Okay. Along with three trusted friends, Shauna hatches a bold plan to infiltrate the vampire's mansion in the historic French Quarter, destroy their leader, and turn his fanged disciples back to their human form. But killing (laughs) monsters is no easy task, and soon Shauna and her crew find themselves caught in a centuries-old conflict between warring vampire factions, each fighting to claim New Orleans as their permanent home. Okay. Well, so basically, yeah, she's trying to avenge her mama death, but then she okay. got caught up in some mess, child. Ooh. Some vampire drama. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Wow. That's Imagine. a lot. <laughs> oh my God. Dang. I'm like, I, there's a lot of going on, girl. Jesus. So I guess, yeah, it's going to be a lot going on. It's going to be a lot. And y'all make sure I watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's directed by Marit Ligo and nice. written by Sherman Payne. The film also stars Fabrizio Guido, on, Mason Bochamp, okay. Abby Gale. So her name is Abby. Uh, first name Abby, last name Gale, Gale not Abby Gale. Okay. <laughs> okay. With Craig Tate and Keith David. Okay. Executive produced obviously by Jason Blum mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other folks. Sorry, yeah. I can't I can't do all y'all names. Woo. So yeah, they have they have um three other ones coming out. I think around the same time as this one wow so it's called treat yeah it's called a welcome to blumhouse or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah little halloween treat for y'all okay i think they have one that may have a hispanic female lead oh nice so that's dope too yeah so yeah check out that it's gonna be called what's black as night yeah own the amazon for your halloween horror uh pleasures yeah i will be definitely be watching oh yeah i'm gonna be watching like this like, <laughs> but no i am i'm gonna support i i actually like the premise intrigues me because it feels like uh walking dead but vampires in new orleans yeah it feels um, yeah I it feels love, a little actiony and yeah like, uh i don't know it feels a little actiony yeah yeah and it really sounds like you know she's not fucking around <laughs> she's like i'm gonna go after you and you're gonna die yeah, and i'm gonna yeah, take you, you all down oh my over. god okay she's like i want all the smokes with the vampires i don't care she said i don't care what beef y'all got going on period you, you still finna catch these hands okay okay she letting them know so so yeah that's dope that is amazing make yeah. sure y'all check that out and always sure. as usual check out all the things that we talk about on here yes even if we say we don't like it still check it out for yourself come on okay Mm -hmm. you gotta have your own opinion out here in these streets Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all the news for today cool stuff coming down the pipeline and cool stuff going on yep i like it um before we go to the main segment we'll take a quick break but it reminded me when you said new orleans um shout out to them do whatever you can to help i know the hurricane i believe it was ida uh, forgive me. One of them hoes. I'm one tired of them. them bitches. Growing up in Florida, y'all. Please. hate hurricanes. Okay. Ugh. But yeah, shout out to y'all. Hang in there and please, um, whatever y'all can do to help, like, really rebuild and everything. Um, New Orleans is an amazing, amazing city. And also, um, I know you said that Blumhouse was doing a whole thing. Um, there's a one with a Hispanic lead. It's National Hispanic, uh, I think, in Latinx Heritage Month starting now. So oh, yeah. Shout out to that. Celebrate um, our brown brothers and sisters who are um, doing great things. So, yeah, that's the only two things that came to mind when you said that. Yes. So, yeah. Great, great tidbits. Yeah. Pray for them and mm-hmm. celebrate 
that's all we want to leave y'all okay <laughs> all right well when we get back we'll go into the main segment yes ma'am all right hey y'all we are back hello and we are yes black. we are and we are coming to y'all with the main segment this week um this week it's going to be an educational one um shout out to ken miyamoto at screencraft <laughs> we love him so much he be i think he's taking a little bit of break you know some time off uh <laughs> and he stayed right in uh great resources so screencraft in general <laughs> great resources whether it's the competitions whether it's the um, blogs they share a lot of like a great advice for writers and how to get your screen play your mm -hmm. your actual scripts whatever it is your book to the next level so check them out free resources they even get have ebooks like it's really dope but we always be gravitating to ken miyamoto stuff because he, be he on writes point. all the damn yeah he writes all of them a b on point you know and he's it's, really smart he's really smart and shout out to the other writers there too um for contributing to the, blog. the one other one because we know ken do it all. <laughs> i love it love you ken. we stand for you ken he be working and okay. i love that Ken, we'd love to have you on the show because we just be, we just, we, honestly, we just stand. Uh, <laughs> we just like you. Uh, we the just work you like share, you, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Uh, but yes, okay, so this week we're going to be going through his um, article, but it's 17 plot devices you can use to elevate your story. Again, we're going to share this link in the description so you can go through it. Again, the title, 17 plot devices you can use to elevate your story. We're all trying to elevate our story. We're trying to make sure that our stuff is not only elevated, but gets made and that it's good quality. And there are mm -hmm. different tools to use that in our writing. So Ken outlined 17 of them for the purpose of this podcast. We're only going to go through seven, but again, the link will be there. You guys can um, go and check out his whole thing. He he's done a great job, and he wrote this actually uh, November twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. So a little bit uh, dated, but it's still very fucking relevant. Mm -hmm. So okay, so in his article, um, he outlines what a plot device is, right? So what is that tool to kind of help you write and get your story moving? Oh yes. So he defines it: uh, a plot device is bet best defined as any technique in a narrative used to move the plot forward that's simple how we can get to the next scene how we know the who what where when where we're going in the story right okay. um a well-conceived plot device one that emerges from the concept genre story or characters can drive your plot forward and enhance your story and characterizations so basically anything that moves your story forward he gives several ideas um well concepts and ideas of what those could be and all of those to help in terms of um moving the story forward so the the first one i'm gonna go over i skipped a couple of them but um what he what is called the dumb big object right and so this was originally attributed that sort of term uh by a man or a woman forgive me Roz uh Cavini. and the dumb the big dumb object refers to a plot device that entails any mysterious object with immense power right so you mm. see a lot of these in sci-fi narratives um even superhero narratives the big example that i know of um is in black panther and the vibranium right so it's this uh it, mm -hmm. it is this i don't know how to describe it but it's this uh is it is it a stone it's 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 basically a it's like some type of it's a powerful yeah it's a powerful energy source used to not only 
power all the whole city of Wakanda, but it's also used and made their weapons even way like more advanced than most other countries, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of the heartbeat of the whole uh, community. And the whole thing that it's used to drive this forward is should we use this technology to share around the world or should we isolate ourselves and keep this technology to ourselves it's so Mm -hmm. powerful that even people are killing each other for it um remember the scene where um uh the then killmonger was with the people who were stealing from the actual um museum it is the thing that really pushed people forward um, for the fights (laughs) to the death for uh, how much money it was. So even though I wouldn't really call it a dumb object, it was the, it it was, Mm. it's so like powerful that people were studying it, even put in the uh, costumes um, with uh, Letitia uh, Wright's character, uh, Shuri, who used it to make these wonderful technologies, you know? And of Mm. course they wrapped it up in a bigger question of helping in terms of, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say race war, but basically other poor nation, other black and brown nations, are we going to help them or are we going to only protect ourselves yeah. to kind of fight that? So, so Killmonger was yeah. wanting to help all black exactly. folks because he saw what black folks go through in America. Exactly. So, and then uh, Chadwick T'Challa's character was on the other side of that. Exactly. But obviously came around at the end. Yes. After seeing another side. Right. So it's because of this vibranium that was a huge way of pushing the plot forward. It affected the decision making of a lot of characters. It affected mm-hmm. the way um, people's lives throughout the whole story. It was a big, big plot um, device to push it forward. So whether you're working on other examples and here um uh, ken miyamoto uses the 2001 space odyssey um as a perfect example for that he also has a clip in here that you can like click on it and see what was in that storyline but Mm -hmm. i i chose to use black panther because i wasn't familiar with this so i wanted to make sure um at least our audiences knew kind of what that is and you guys probably know more examples in other genres that are used to kind of push your story forward so remember that the big dumb object um one example again black panther vibranium and how it shaped the whole story and how it really pushed everything forward um all right so the next plot device that i'm gonna go over one that we see a lot of times particularly in television which i actually love um is the cliffhanger um so i love the cliffhanger hey it keeps me coming back every time you put that cliffhanger at the end of the show or right at the act i'm coming back after that commercial but thank god for streaming and spending a little extra (laughs) i don't do the commercials so yes so the cliffhanger so according to ken uh it's best defined as an ending to an act chapter serial or novel that leaves the audience in suspense with an unresolved and often shocking plot point the cliffhanger is best reserved for serials and television episodes so as we were going back to the would you rather would you rather write for tv or for uh, movies i I love a cliffhanger, so that would keep me... I understand why it's used a lot in television episodes because... They're so dope. They're so fun. And also, that's how you keep audiences coming back. And we're also looking at it from an industry thing. We want audiences to come back so that they can get those residuals, Mm -hmm. the numbers can be higher, and of course, more people are coming to a specific network or streaming device for whatever that show is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it helps also with binging. That's why binging became... so popular even when netflix put everything out because people are like i'm not gonna leave to come back now i can watch all this now well i'm suspect oh no yeah let's i want all of it this is how life is immediately (laughs) 
like and they changed the whole thing up so we're really familiar with cliffhangers but one example that i really love um is from insecure season four the crazy cliffhanger of the end of the season how condola um if y'all don't know um so isa stars and she plays isa ray and um they finally got together i mean spoiler if you haven't but child the last season's coming out so catch up um so basically isa and lawrence that whole thing they came back together it seems like a kind of love that's finally getting together but lawrence broke up with his ex condola and like in that period where you break up like that little gray area where you're still talking and trying to break up maturely she let it be known that she is pregnant (laughs) and so that cliffhanger is really going to affect the decisions that Lawrence is going to make he has a whole uh, job opportunity in San Francisco him and Issa are finally reconciled and potentially Mm -hmm. moving forward in a relationship themselves it's going to affect that relationship it's going to affect Condola and Issa's relationship if Issa decides it's just so much so much suspense and that's why most of us will be tuning in for season five because I will I want to know what happens and it's so one thing I love about Insecure is like they use cliffhangers that are so relatable like it's Mm -hmm. not this crazy outlandish thing like people are in these situations where you know you're in relationships and you think you've ended it or you're kind of in that in between and then some life happens and you have to figure out which way you're gonna go and so mm-hmm. yeah that's one cliffhanger i love and cliffhangers can be really big whether you're doing soap operas or really dramatic pieces or something like insecure which really does encapsulate sort of the uh, uh the minutia of life and the nuances and really goes in on that so yeah i love a cliffhanger same truly <laughs> and put them i mean yeah like you said for tv they're great yep can have a cliffhanger after at the end of each episode mm. uh also i mean at the end of the season too oh, you can man. put them things anywhere child and that's and a great team. way to keep them coming back for more Oof, i love it oh i love it so much and i know y'all have other shows that have great cliffhangers where y'all are like child have you seen this have you seen that you need to see this okay so yes uh that is one um device to help move your story forward um that is the cliffhanger all right so now we're going to move on to another one um the false death and defined here in this article is a character that apparently dies only to later be revealed to be alive at a pivotal excuse me at a pivotal moment within the screenplay uh while often a trope within mystery and horror movies if utilized well it can be quite a surprise for the reader or the audience as long as the explanation makes sense and isn't too far-fetched um again i'm going to go to black panther as a good example of that um i thought you know uh king t'challa had passed away when he was doing that Mm. fight scene with killmonger when he act killmonger did gain control over wakanda and they explained it excuse me umbaku who's played by winston duke oh so fine (laughs) so great um and he actually found his body and helped to preserve his body and though we thought he was dead he really was alive and was able to come back. So there's many examples throughout cinematic history for sure that uses the false death, good and bad. Um, but I thought that was really well done because um, I was really on the edge of my seat because I, I did not like follow the comic book or anything. So I was just like, yeah, he really died. Hold on. I, was, I was really concerned. So yeah, they did Same. a great job with that. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. So good. Ah, all right. The next device, uh, the flashback. We've seen this a lot. Um, and depending on who you are, it could be used in a good way or a bad way, or some writers feel like it's lazy, but I love a good flashback. I don't care. Um, so I like, them, yeah. I, I like them a lot. They can be lazy if you're overusing them. That is true. That's fair. That's a little lazy. That's very fair. So uh, for those of you who don't know, um, flashbacks can be used to recount events that happened prior to the stories current events and can also be utilized to fill in crucial backstory. Uh, while this type of plot device is often frowned upon, like we were talking about, it can be very effective when well-crafted, right? So for me, I love it in um, comedic spaces. Um, for me, some of the favorite, some of my favorite shows that use flashback very well, um, Blackish. I think every time they use a, f a flashback, I'm cracking up hysterically um, at yeah. to what they use. There was a way to insert comedy. Yeah. Oh, it is so good. There was one scene where uh ruby i forget which season it was but her and pops had had a crazy relationship in the past and they love to switch up the hairstyle so you know which era they're in which i'm like thank you for that because always look ridiculous it's so great and they have ruby like they did like two flashback back to back but like she blew up his car and then the next one she blew up his boat and each one she's just laughing hysterically while the cop is like putting her in the cop car <laughs> It's like I screamed. I paused it and went back. I was like, now Jennifer Lewis, you didn't have to do me like that. That thing was She so, always did. <laughs> so, so, so funny. I love a flashback, especially when I can laugh at it. Oh my God. Truly. That's hilarious. Because the flashback I have from Blackish with Jennifer Lewis involves the police too. Come on. Come on. So she was, I think she was pretending to be a blind homeless person <laughs> to get money. <laughs> And then the flashback is uh, the police um, carrying her away. And she's like, oh, I can see. <laughs> I can see. Magically. Like, girl, cut it out. Cut it out. Okay. Jesus. So stupid. Now, yeah. after this, I'm going to go back and just rewatch all the black episodes. That's so a good point. Blackish stupid. does flashbacks really well really so for well. comedies they're yeah. a great way to insert if you're like this isn't funny enough like right this scene isn't funny enough this last couple pages have not been funty because mm -hmm. y'all know sitcoms or comedies you got to have uh, jokes set up in punchline period okay? yes so if you need a way and if it's if it's a part of the narrative structure of the way the show right. is, right. you can have flashbacks. So what's that show that everybody like that I ain't even like? Ooh. I don't be liking all the shows that I be liking. <laughs> like, You're an individual thinker. That is Yay. all. Yay. So let's, let's, let's call it that. That is all. Um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, they yeah, yeah. They employed, um, uh, yeah. I feel like they employed, like that they was do. the whole thing was flashbacks. They do. Yeah. You're right. So, I think that's how they frame the whole yeah, show. Yeah, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it works sometimes right. in, in comedies. But like I said, you just can't like, if you've never used flashbacks in any mm -hmm. of the episodes, and then you decide to put one in a random episode, that's probably not gonna, gonna work. Yeah. I mean, you have to like, it has to be something kind of established, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then for dramas, y'all see flashbacks a lot in drama, but like we said earlier, use them sparingly because it can be viewed as kind of lazy. Yeah. Should always be finding ways in the present mm -hmm. to showcase backstory yeah. or something that yeah. happened. Um, so yeah, just don't be having like flashback after flashback after flashback after <laughs> flashback. Like it can elevate your story, but yeah. you, like, like Kia said, yep. you, know, say you gotta know how to work it. Okay. Yeah. You gotta know what you're 
what you're doing with them things yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. that's my spiel on no that's a great point and you brought up a good point of like even like in your pilot like a lot of people are writing their own pilot if you do use flashbacks throughout the series you have to sh- you have to show like how you're going to use it in the pilot so people mm-hmm. get a sense of the tone how how the jokes are going to come in if it's a drama how we're going to reveal some things so you have to like it can't just be like you're in episode three and it's like i'm gonna use a flashback it's like girl you never even used a flashback before in the whole show so you have to be intentional with how you use these devices particularly flashbacks so that's a great point because your pilot is you showing what the rest of the episodes are gonna be like yes so show us what the rest of the episode's gonna be like and make sure whatever you're doing in the pilot is something that you plan on doing with the rest of the show period period and that's another lesson wrapped in a two that's two for one come on with a BOGO deal for y'all. Right. With the come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, okay. So the next uh, plot device that we have here, I've seen it a lot. I, I didn't really have an example for one because I've just seen it so many, so many times, but it's the ticking time bomb. Um, so as in the article said here, a literal or figurative ticking time bomb can drive the narrative and create urgency and tension within the story. Right. So you, you see this a lot in like, oh. Oh, good. So, like, I see a lot of it in like spy and like action films. Mm-hmm. Uh, one creative way I haven't, I have seen it was like, uh, it's, it, but like any like pregnancy movies. So it's like, mm-hmm. even though the child is not clearly a ticking time bomb, it creates a timeline for the character given their story arc to know, like, okay, it's in nine months. So if you talk about knocked up and all this stuff and all the sort of decisions that the characters have to make, it condenses the time, which creates conflict. But you said, oh, you said you had an example. So I'm afraid. Yeah. So I have an example that may not seem like it's an example, mm-hmm. but Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. The movie Bridesmaids, they're all Hilarious. counting down to this wedding and yep. then with each scene and each Child. obstacle we see annie fucking up <laughs> until she just goes off yep. at the bridal shower, shower. yeah i think you're she right just goes the, the fuck off and that's that big scene she's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> she fucking try she ruins the, the ruins the cookie oh. and where she just literally goes completely off but we saw that happening with the building and the building yep. of the building yep. her fucking up every event yep. in lillian's wedding mm-hmm. um and then we finally get to that moment and then we yep. get to the the wedding so yep. That's that's a good thing too. Is just having an event, everything leading up to an event, right. or it doesn't even have to be an event. We're just seeing this character and the protagonist get fucked up, fucked yep. up, fucked up, or they're the one doing the fucking up, the fucking up, the fucking yes. up until it builds into this big boom, right? A big explosion, which of, I think in that case was like the climax, yeah, of the whole thing. Yep, the climax. I mean, that movie had too many climaxes. It was hilarious. too much going on. Oh, like, so it just. Yeah, that's an iconic movie. But truly, yeah, that's a good example of uh, taking time off to me. Honestly, damn, what a good, what a good movie. I just remember yeah. uh, Maya Rudolph's character with her dress because she <laughs> they ate something and there's they had the bubble guns and she was running in the street like oh up oh, and she just sank right in the street. She was like, I can't even move. It's on it, wedding. It sits here. <laughs> What's screaming oh my gosh what an iconic it's so good oh i need to go back and rewatch so many things y'all reminded me to rewatch um okay so i think there's one more device i'm going to talk about um and it's it's twins um so here it's twinsies yes so and i have an example because i was watching this uh movie or the show over um uh i guess the pandemic we still in it boo 
boo for being in the mm-hmm. pandemic still boo god dang mm-hmm. but anyways um so according to ken because we know he know what he's talking about uh twins or doppelgangers have been used as an effective plot device in movies and television a protagonist has a twin or doppelganger that is revealed as an ally or an enemy so hmm. depending on you know what show you're watching so i was watching this show called the secret uh well hold on let me get the title right it's on uh disney and lord help me here we go the mysterious benedict society so it's about these kids who are orphaned it's actually a really cool show and they um they are tasked to help save the world through um through enrolling in this school it's a special school for gifted kids and they're trying to take down the leader who is trying to take control over the world with these like waves these like new magical waves that like control people's minds right so the so the guy who implores uh tony hale who uh, i think he was in veep um he's a great actor but he plays a twin right so one of the twins he's helping the children to take down this other person the other person is his is his twin brother who was jaded because they both were orphaned and he was adopted but he wasn't so he grew up very bitter very smart exactly and so he was the sort of enemy that was trying to create this device to take over the world of course the enemy always thinks they're doing something for the greater good. They never look at themselves as the enemy. And so um, it created this sort of tension between brothers and between the good guy, the bad guy and, and their relationship and how they were like using these kids to like save the world, which I always look back. I was like, why we always be in movies, putting them in the hands of children. They just children. My God, <laughs> like right. so much pressure. My God. But Dang, anyways, leave the kids alone. Okay. My God. I just want to play games and grow up. Maybe my good goodness. But yeah, so it's actually a really good show. I actually enjoyed it. It had a really Wes Anderson vibe look to it with mm. really cool colors. Mm. Um, but that was the only like example I can think of with twins besides like, I don't know, sister, sister, but that's yeah, not really, sister, sister, <laughs> that's not really like a plot device. It's just an icon show yeah i guess it kind of is yeah in a way the main plot is that they're twins yeah and everything revolves around them being freaking twins that's true and maybe the parent trap when Lindsay lohan played her own sister (laughs) that's my fucking movie that's a good ass movie that's my fucking movie right there i'm actually about to watch that shit two motherfucking night okay Okay. (laughs) come on Come on, these that twins. That is my movie, yeah. Yeah, and why of course, I was like Lindsay's an icon. The legendary twins, Mary Kate and Ashley, who just fucking changed the whole mm. fucking game in Hollywood. My God! And then, then the siblings, also the Olsen siblings, are out here like getting these big ass checks and shit. Like, God dang, one's a Marvel, uh, WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is the sister of the twins. The sister of the twins. Okay. Okay. These hoes were putting out their own home movies. <laughs> like they were like a whole, a whole yeah, like I franchise. Had a of them things on VHS. Like damn. Definitely had a couple of them things on the VHS. Okay. Oh my god. Because I used to love them. Yeah. And then of course, if we go back to Lovecraft Country. I don't know if they were twins, but them two girls that were... Um, well, they weren't twins, but they, they were well crumping. Oh, my God. They were terrifying. Scared the hell out of me like that. Simultaneously. Oh Y'all might as well be fucking twins. That was so... And I think in, in horror, there may be a history. I don't know specifically because, you know, my heart cannot handle horror that oh, much. Oh, The Shining had that yeah. twin scene with the two little twin uh, girls. Yes. Uh, that was scary, Ooh. I guess. Yes. The Shining didn't really scare me, y'all. Mm. But it... 
it's yeah supposed to be scary yeah i'm they very use desensitized to horror <laughs> yes i can't i'm not i've never seen the shining i'm sure it's a wonderful film and in the horror canon oh, yeah, it's iconic but, yep like yeah said, but yeah. it's no that's not it's for me it's not for me but i trust and believe the the experts um so yeah oh oh there is one more um plot that um i almost forgot but um the red herring and i'm let me go to that but that's the twins one if y'all have more examples share with us on instagram and mm. all the places we might you know i might miss something and always learning so the red herring um oh yeah that's a big one uh this is a really big deal uh Ken Miyamoto writes, the red herring is used to divert the audience attention away from something significant within the plot. You'll see this type of plot device in mysteries, thrillers, horror stories, and crime stories. So, um, yeah, basically uh, the subgenre of mystery, the whodunit utilizes multiple red herrings so that the audience is tricked into thinking that a given Crazy. character is a murderer when actuality it's another character. So this is really used. You'll probably have a way better example. example. Very relevant example that. Go go off. So I'm sure a lot of y'all have watched the show Clickbait on Netflix. Ooh, not yet. I want to. I heard it's really good, so, y'all. Yeah, it's super popular at mm -hmm. this moment right now. It's a limited series starring okay. uh, Betty Grabiel from Get Out. Come on. She played, oh, what was her name? Rosa. Oh, the, the maid slash the actual yes, grandma. Yes. <laughs> she was terrifying. Yeah. She is Ooh. great in this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's called Clickbait. I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all have already watched it, but Truly. they utilize red herring as it's, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a big pop device there mm -hmm. because the whole time you're trying to figure out, well, who the fuck killed him? Who the fuck kidnapped him? <laughs> who done it, guy? And my yeah. sister fucking accused everyone. <laughs> she even accused, so. The main That's character, a good show. That's a good uh, show. Nick, I want because you haven't watched it. It's but okay. Y'all know Nick. Mm -hmm. He has two sons, right? And one of them is a, a, a early teenager. My sister done accused him at one point. Listen, she was accusing the baby. Listen, of killing his own father. I know if I was so, watching it with Ty, I'd be like, "Don't trust no one." Is that the one year old? Don't trust him. Where was he at the scene of the crime? The you need an baby. alibi, baby. I don't know. <laughs> so that is true red herring when okay. you got you got people accusing the baby of killing their fathers. See, now because, I got to watch the show. Yeah. Now I got to watch it. It's really good. Great yeah. limited series. And they definitely did their thing with the whole red herring uh, plot device. Because she's going to be like, oh, my God, it's her. No, it's her. Oh, my God, it's the damn toddler. Like. <laughs> The toddler said, you ain't clean me good enough. <laughs> I'm a slice your throat type shit. So, yeah. <laughs> they said it was in the baby in the library with the candle holder. That's what it was. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> they was playing clean. So, okay, now I have to see it. I know I'm going to get invested because I, I always get trapped up in that stuff with oh, yeah, the thrillers and the horrors. Mm -hmm. and whew, they always They always get me. Yeah, I love good red herring. Have me shook, okay? okay. <laughs> I want to be shook at who it actually is. Oh, my god! Which I was super. Usually, I can point out who it may mm -hmm. be if they want to do the whole, you know, mm -hmm. red herring shot. I can be like, I know who it is. Like, I know it's going to be that bitch. And it's going to be that bitch. Right. With clickbait, I didn't even suspect Ooh, who it was. Maybe okay. until, like, the last episode. Oh, that's when good. When it gets revealed. It gets I'm, revealed the last episode, but is it like towards eight episodes? the end, it's eight episodes. Okay, okay. So towards the middle to end, they reveal who it actually is. Yeah. Towards the end. But it isn't until the last episode in the beginning where I'm like, oh shit, it's probably going to be her. Oh. And then, they, you know, a couple minutes later, they're like, yep, it's her. But yeah, it took me until the last episode to maybe figure it out a little bit. So. Okay. All right. Now I got to watch it. They red hearing the fuck out of that. Whew. 
Come on, y'all better use this plot device and see. And that's what keeps the story going forward. Okay. Keeps the people coming. Coming back every time. So yeah, just a quick recap of what we talked about. We talked, we just talked about the red herring device. So check out clickbait. I'm going to check it out. Um, the dumb object, which um, again is the object that kind of is all powerful and can move the story forward. The example we gave for that was vibranium in Black Panther. Um, then we had the cliffhanger. It keeps us coming back every time, honey. Like unresolved, unresolved conflict. I'm coming yes. back. Usually at the end of an episode or series finale. Uh, an example that we use for that, of course, Insecure, Condola's Baby. I cannot wait for season five. Oh, I cannot wait. Um, false Death. Um, this is our, to divert what people think a main character may have passed away. Example, Black Panther. Um, flashbacks. I love a flashback, but I love it in comedy. You have to use it wisely. Don't just use it all willy-nilly. Mm. Um, it gives, again, a plot a description of something that happened in the past from where you are currently at. So whether you're, mm -hmm. if you're in the 70s and you have a flashback to the 60s, wherever you're at in your story. Um, a great example I use for that is Blackish. Love, love what y'all did there. Um, ticking Time Bomb, that's usually used in uh, spy movies, thrillers. We made examples of like pregnancy stories as well. So there's different types of ticking time um, bombs that <clears throat> basically truncate the time of things that need to happen mm -hmm. that uh, make things, you know, heighten up. And you gave a great example of bridesmaids on that. Oh, and yeah. then uh, twins, you know, they out here, uh, they use twins to make them creepy. <laughs> they use them also to like uh, uh, create sort of like enemies or even do twists where you think it's only one person, but really there's another person that looks exactly like them, maybe committing the crime. Mm -hmm. So keep y'all on your toes. And yeah, I think that's all of them. I said red herring first. So, um, yeah. So if you guys want more information, again, plot devices to elevate your story, that was just seven. Ken goes through 17. He has 10 more for you. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, go ahead, take a look. We're going to, again, put the link in the description. So you guys have it. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's all about elevating our writing, getting it to the next level and having fun with our storytelling. That's about it. Yeah. You know? And a side note to that, why you should mm -hmm. probably check out the rest of the list is because Hollywood is, they like to do the same shit. There is, there's a system, Facts. there's a system to what Hollywood wants to see. So yeah. if you're interested in like selling your stuff, mm -hmm. your sole purpose is you don't want to make your own stuff. You just want to sell your scripts mm -hmm. or you want to get one of your scripts picked up mm -hmm. or produced or something like that. Uh, these plot devices are are what's the norm yep. in, in movies. This mm -hmm. is what a lot of stuff that y'all watch employ these plot devices. So mm -hmm. Hollywood wants to see <laughs> kind of the same thing. They're creatures yep. of habit. So Big facts. these are good to study and to have your work kind of have some of these age old uh, plot devices. So, mm -hmm. you know, people, when they're seeing your stuff, they pick it out the pile. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's my little tidbit on that. That's on period. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get our stuff made and we're trying to get paid. Okay. Ooh, I want pay. Come on. Any Come on. Please. Please. So, yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah. And with that, that is the main segment. And uh, we're going to hit you. We're going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come with our last segment, which is Niggas You Should Know. Hey, y'all. Hello. We're back. We're back, mm -hmm. as usual, with our last segment, our yes. Niggas You Should Know segment. Mm -hmm. 
The uh, people we're going to talk about in this segment, y'all already know them. But just in case, just we want to make sure that y'all know, know them, <laughs> okay. okay? Because you should. Truly. So I'm going to start with yes, mine. Ma'am. Who are you? told y'all was my fave. Courtney B. Fans. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Also known as Angela Bassett's husband. Best title to have. They've truly. been married since when, 1997, I believe. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Been a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I feel like I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go through his discography, his filmography shit. Because y'all this need to be man, reminded, y'all truly. Y'all need to know what's going on. Truly. So, also known for his work on TV, movies, the theater. Mm. He is also um, the president of the Screen Actors Guild Foundation. Come on. Did y'all even know that? Come on. You should because we reported president, that. president, we did, mm-hmm. of the uh, Screen Actors Guild Foundation, mm-hmm. which I think is so dope. Amazing. Um, he started his career on the Broadway. Well, actually, there's another thing I didn't know about him mm. that I want to talk about first. Go so on. He graduated from Harvard, okay, with a Bachelor of Arts degree. I didn't even know that. While he was at Harvard, okay, he was an already working actor at the Boston Shakespeare Company, okay? And then he got a Master of Fine Arts uh, at Yale School of Drama, which is where he actually met Miss Angela. Come on! Black excellence. So he said, I really, I believe on you hoes, okay? What? Okay. And this was back in the day. He was at these Ivy Leagues, which I'm sure he faced a lot of some, some shit was going on. Yeah. I'm sure, you know. So he he said, you know what? Not Harvard. Not just Harvard, but Yale, too. Come on now. I don't give a fuck. Okay? <laughs> and thank God for him going to Yale because that's where he met Miss Angela. Okay. So, oh, just what a story. Mm-hmm. All right. So I had to get that out first because mm-hmm. I did not know that about him. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so he started his career on the Broadway stage in original production of August Wilson's Fences in 1985. Mm. And then he was in Six Degrees of Separation, 1990, and Lucky Guy in 2013, which he won a Tony Award for that performance for Best Featured Actor in a Play. Mm -hmm. He's also known for his roles in films, such as Hamburger Hill, The Hunt for Red October, The Preacher's Wife, which Mm. I love, with Miss Whitney Houston and Denzel. Uh, That was such a good movie. It was a great movie. I believe in you and me. Come on. That's what she did. With that soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Courtney. Such a good movie. Yes. Um, okay, so then he was also in Cookie's Fortune, mm-hmm. Terminator, Term- Terminator, Terminator yes. Genesis. Come on. And Isle of Dogs. Mm. He's also known for his TV show work, which y'all know. He was on Law and Order Criminal Intent. Come on. He played assistant district attorney Ron Carver. Come on. And then he guest starred on Law and Order, which they just said. I guess the original one. Yeah, because you know they have spinoffs. They yeah, got like, SUV. Just, they got Criminal Chant. They got all the they like yeah. Dick Wolf got all the checks, okay? He got all the, <laughs> yeah. he gonna have all the royalties for real. I think chance. they have an organized crime one now. Or whatever. I'm like, okay. All right. Well. Um so yeah, using picket fences, the mm-hmm. closer, revenge, mm-hmm. scandal, masters of sex, I mean. all really great shows. He won acclaim for his portrayal of Johnny Cochran in The People versus O. J. Simpson, American Crime Story. Amazing. Loved that freaking amazing portrayal. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he killed that. He did. Uh, Him he, and I think Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown played Darden. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, Courtney B. Vance, he, he stole the show. He truly, he truly, stole the show. yeah. The only thing I did not like Cuba, yeah, as like OJ it. was not feeling that whatsoever. It was weird. Yeah, V weird, but also maybe that's because I have my own stuff that I don't like about Cuba. But that's yeah, right. it doesn't matter because Johnny. I mean Johnny. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's how was good he Johnny. was. That's how good he was. He was Johnny. Uh, Courtney. Okay. He he stole the show. Absolutely. Truly. He outshined everybody in that. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. He outshined everybody in yep. that thing. Um, so yeah, he received, uh, he got an Emmy for that yep. as outstanding lead actor in a limited series. Mm-hmm. He was also in the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks, mm-hmm. which was an HBO film. Amazing film. Yeah. He was in a limited series, uh, called genius Aretha. And then obviously mm-hmm. uh, Lovecraft country, yes. which he got his other Emmy for, which mm-hmm. we just talked about. Um, uh, wish I could say that he's gonna be in the second season, right, but, but like we always talk about, they be tripping. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> really weird, just it's lame weird. as fuck, <laughs> and we we don't stand nope. that whatsoever. So yeah, and the only thing I need to know is that he is married to Angela Bassett. I mean, That's the only other thing that I think I need to ingrain in y'all head. That's how we know he has discernment. He makes good de- good decision making. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. Period. He's a smart cookie. Okay. Sure. I mean, he saw her at Yale and said, "Yeah, that, yes, <laughs> that's that's that. That's is my future my destiny." Mm-hmm. And I would be an idiot. I would be stupid to let that go. Which we know he's not. He's not he graduated from Harvard and Yale. So you got to have some kind of brains. Truly. Yeah. So he did what he had to do. Okay. Yeah, and I'm and, sure he had to do a lot. Okay. She and now a lot now they're both acting royalty yeah. <laughs> like each of them separately and together as well like it's yeah. wild <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane yes but beautiful we love it yeah so i mean if they got married in 1997 which mm. angela had already been acting yeah as well so that means they were dating for a minute then i guess yeah if they met or maybe Yale. like it was like they knew each other from Yale, went their separate ways, and then mm. came back together. See, I want more backstory on Me too. That. Yes. Let that be a movie. Yeah. Queen y'all love Angela, story. Come y'all on. y'all ever want to tell y'all business, <laughs> please. I really need to know Come everything. <laughs> I need to know everything. Y'all welcome on the show anytime now. Don't let. is not giving. Mm-mm. Okay. I want, <laughs> I want to know. You know what? Let me see. They might be giving because, you know, they have the personal life section. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. What happened? Okay. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> y'all know it's all I care about. It's okay. not all I care about, but I care. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. He's married to Angela Bassett. They right. met in 1980. <gasps> they didn't get Ooh. married until 1997. Okay. 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 So they knew each other for a while. Okay. Yeah. How do you know somebody for 17 years before y'all get married? That's such a long time. That's a long time. Do I have I even known anybody for 17 17- years? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my parents. Right. Maybe my sister. I haven't even known myself for 17 years. That's true. Like, I haven't even known myself for that long. So that's crazy. Damn. Okay. So they have twins. Wow. Son and a daughter. Born in 2006. And they authored a book together. It's called Friends, A Love Story. Oh, come on. You already got the IP. So cute. Um, So, anyways. I I might as well, just give us that movie. We yeah, need just it. give us the movie of uh, instead of when Harry met Sally, give me <sighs> when Courtney met Angela. Oh my god! And I will be first in line. Period. Like period. 
Yeah. Anyways, I, we took way too long. Honestly, for- yeah, we went. We, <laughs> we just were here to give love to Courtney B. Vance, and we're like pitching a movie for yeah. him at the end of it. It's fine. get all in his business. Come on. I still need a little bit more tea than that. Like, yes. I need to know everything. Yes. That's, anyways, yeah. Oh, Courtney B. Vance. We I don't got to talk any more about him because we all know. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. He's definitely a nigga you should know if you didn't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, our next nigga, of course, you know her. She's amazing. Um, she made history at the Emmys this year, but uh, nigga you should know is Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Um, if you didn't know, um, she was born in Gainesville, Florida. I didn't she know. She was. Yes. Okay. Her mother was singer-songwriter Minnie Ripperton, mm-hmm. and her father was composer Richard Rudolph. So her mom was black. Minnie Ripperton, amazing, amazing vocalist, uh, sang yes. the song I think "Loving You," and she hit that mm-hmm. high, that infamous high note. That there it goes. That was not it. That was good. I liked it. I liked it. I know I can never hit it because my joint would be really bad. So yes, Damn, that is a freaking note right there. Ugh. She, I mean, it's iconic. It's a great song, um, and you know, can tell where she gets her talents from. Her father was also a composer, so like, came from a very creative family. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, she's made most of her career in like comedy, but she gained prominence in the '90s as a member of an alternative rock band called The Rentals. <laughs> I have to check it out. Um, she then joined Groundlings Improv later on, and then in 2000, of course, where I knew her, she was a cast on Saturday Night Live, um, and that was like where she kind of blew up for me. And for there, she like went on to so many other like casting roles. Um, I don't did she? Oh, I might. There are some characters that she did. I need to go back and check. Um, but she has some iconic characters from the two thousand. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, even now for Saturday Night Live, like when she comes back and does some ca- like, of course, the Kamala was was amazing. But she came back. She did. Oh, I forget what other political leader she did. And I was like, "Girl, why are you so fucking on point and making me fucking cry right now in laughter?" Like she's back to back. She's. So, so funny. And of course, you mentioned Bridesmaids. She was in Bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. She was in Grown Ups in 2010, Grown Ups 2 in 2013, Sisters in 2015. I believe that was with her um, and Amy Poehler, another um, SNL alum, Um, Wine Country. um, And of course, she's really known for her voice work, like such great work. Um, She was in Shrek uh, the Third, Big Hero 6, Angry Birds movie, the Emoji movie, Angry Birds 2. Like she's getting all. All the checks like Luca, like truly. Um, she was in the NBC sitcom Up All Night. Um, and she had her own variety series with Martin Short called Maya and Martin. So that was Cute. that is pretty cool. And of course, she won her Emmy um voicing the hormone monster, which I fucking love that show. It's so ridiculous. Like she does this thing where she goes, bubble breath. Like she's just the way she does it, it's just so funny like truly so great so and they're gonna have a spinoff uh of big Mm. mouth where they're gonna follow the monsters and how they they choose the kids that they are going to be the hormone monsters to and sort of their guide of course if you watch interesting prequel i i cannot wait um so great also if you guys were like me who love the good place maya had a role in there where she was um a judge for the afterlife and trying to figure out what they were going to do so she did a great job in that she knows how to pick her roles. she really roles perfect for her really 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 i can see her doing that oh so good so yeah 
Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. See, she did Kamala so well. We just calling. We're just even calling the characters, not even the real actors, because that's how well they encompassed it. And these are real people they're imitating. And oh, we they don't embody these real people so just, much that they are them. Just consciously and unconsciously bamboozle me. We <laughs> talk about Maya Rudolph. Amazing work. She got an Emmy, and uh, we're probably gonna like even with the Emmy Awards as they continue, more of that's gonna roll in mm-hmm. throughout the next coming um, day but Maya Rudolph that nigga you should know I mean congrats to her she made history and I cannot wait to see even more about what's gonna come from her because it's I'm always laughing every time always so yeah ain't no letting up for her she is doing the damn thing and yeah I'm excited too she always makes me laugh she's dope love her yes but yeah that's the end of the episode episode, episode 90. 90 jeez crazy yeah we still gotta figure out what we're gonna do for episode 100 what 100 okay yeah we have yes. to figure out what we're gonna do we have yeah. to do something big and, fun. and bold and fun yeah i'm down just like us mm-hmm. but yeah anyways same thing as usual do mm-hmm. all the teams yeah like comment mm-hmm. uh what else can you just subscribe follow yeah leave comments apple yeah. itunes or yeah. apple podcast excuse me yeah. all the things apple podcast um we're on spotify too i don't know if you can do things on there right but if you can't do something okay shit. follow follow on spotify yeah, stop playing <laughs> them little games yes um and yeah we're excited to uh to see what we got going on we got guests on our we bombard y'all with guests the mm-hmm. last month but yeah. we got you get ready yeah we got more we'll coming more. we got some exciting peeps coming on it's gonna be fun. everyone's always exciting yes but, you know you know we you got even more exciting yeah things in the works so stay yeah. tuned for the tinsel town of the tea yes that's it for me yeah that's Ooh, it look at me with bars yeah all the bars truly <laughs> um yeah that's it for me too we will see you guys next time on the next episode of tinseltown tea and yeah hit us up on all the instagram things at tinseltown tea we love y'all stay black keep writing and uh yeah you can find us here on the period network period pool.